Hello, this is Peter Davison, and you're listening to Discussing Who. Donna Noble has left the library. Donna Noble has been saved. Great. So big, it doesn't need a name. Someone's got in. Someone's in my library. 4,022 saved. No survivors. Others are coming. What others? <laughs> Professor Riversong, archaeologist. Run. For God's sake, run. The shadows are moving again. How can a shadow be infected? It's Vashta Narada. Run! The real world is a lie. And your nightmares are real. What's cow? Someone came to this library and killed everything in it. Donna? Yeah? Stay out of the shadows. I don't know. Ice cream, sir. Spoilers. Ladies and gentlemen and Banny Cafaladas, welcome to the 162nd episode of Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and I am already totally freaking excited. And why am I excited? I am excited because we have finally reached the point to where we know that Donna Noble gets saved because we are ready to go to the library. And who are we? I'm Kyle Jones, and probably the two gentlemen that are with me are thinking, what in the heck have I gotten myself into tonight? I'll start with Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? A little creeped out by how accurately you read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was weird. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So, how are you? What's going on other uh, than I, Kyle's losing it tonight? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm grand. Just grand. Mm-hmm. And hope you're the same. I am very grand. Not a piano, yeah. but uh, totally, totally <laughs> wow. happily you, real. You went, to, you went to the dentist today, didn't you? You're still full of... <laughs> no, I went to the library. No, I'm, 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 I'm good. And we've actually... This is the first time in two recording weeks because we took off last week because I was out of town and we did a relativity recording interview the week prior to that. So we've been kind of not discussing who for a couple of weeks. True that. So I'm happy to be back. And Clarence Brown, I'm glad to have you with us as well. How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Yeah. I don't know if I have as much built up about the bust as you do, but I am happy to be on another episode and um, to talk about some more Doctor Who, man. Yeah, I'm doing good. Cool. Cool. Well, we don't have, for anyone listening, we don't have any news because the news for me is we are reviewing Silence in the Library. So I will go ahead and say, if you have not seen Silence in the Library, put us on pause Go out, watch the episode, come back, because for the perfect, perfect reason for me to say with this episode, spoilers. 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 All righty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and I would like to remind everyone that this is a two-part story paired with Forest of the Dead. Now, we will only be reviewing Silence in the Library in this episode. Before we get into the episode, I do want to say that if you have any feedback on this story, this first part and the second part, because we can play that in the next episode airing, send us your feedback. 
You can send your feedback by going to Facebook and joining our Discussing Network Facebook group, or you can send us an email to host at discussingnetwork.com or leave a voicemail on our Discussing Who call box at 805-850-DWHO or 3946. So let me give just a... That includes people who just want to call in and say, what is Kyle's problem? Yes, because I have volumes. And you know where my volumes go? In the library. <sighs> Too bad there's no one there to read it. <laughs> cool. Or a librarian saying, shh. Silence in the library. This was the eighth episode of the 2008 series of Doctor Who. It originally aired on the 31st of May, 2008. It stars Alex Kingston as Professor River Song, and it featured David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, along with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. So, gentlemen, overview. And Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. What did you think of the episode? Summary view. I very much enjoyed the episode. I love the science fiction aspect of it. Um, I thought it was very well done and brilliant concept of, uh, we'll get into it, but how they are in this digitized sense or version. Uh, also, um, it reminds me a lot of a Black Mirror episode, actually. And we just got the first part of it here, but it reminds me a lot of something you would see in Black Mirror. So, I really love the science fiction aspects of what's going on in this episode. And we'll get into all of that, I guess. Some of this episode and more in the next one. But but yeah, that's what I loved about it. Sweet. Cool. And, I, and I'm going to follow up with a comment on that. But first, I want to hear it. Lee Shackelford, what did you think? Some review of this episode. Oh, I remember seeing this the first time and just loving it. And so I was really eager to come back to it. And, you know, it's even better than I remembered. There were there are things that I forgot about it, including, um, just as Clarence says, the whole intriguing framing story that this may or may not be happening inside somebody else's head. Yes. Uh, and, and if not, what is going on? Uh, it, it's such a elegantly well-told story. And... As far as just a good old creepy, crawly, monster of the week story, scary. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just loved all of that about it. And it does introduce us to River Song, who right away is fascinating because, we, uh, well, as we learn that she is a fellow time traveler and she knows the doctor, but he doesn't know who she is. And that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So- so is there a definitive list? And I hope I'm not, not giving the spoiler by asking this question, but is there like a definitive list of the chronological events of River Song that people can go to and watch? Oh, I, have, have any of you done that? Yes. Yes. And actually, there is a and I will put a actually I will post it on our website. There is videos out on YouTube where users have actually in chronological order put together the appearance timelines from River's point of view. Yeah. Interesting. And it is so fantastic and brilliant and fun to watch. Totally. Hmm. Awesome. So for me, did I like this episode as a summary view? Hmm. So I'll, I'll actually, you know, Go back to reality for a minute and take out of my excitement. I revealed in the last episode with Nicole something that I don't think I've ever shared with either of you, 
which is I somehow, and I don't remember how, but I somehow missed this two-parter when series four was airing. Mm. When I found out that David Tennant was leaving, similar to how I've not watched the last episode of uh, Sherlock Holmes, Jeremy Brett, because I wanted to have one episode that I had not watched. I did not watch this because I wanted to say, oh, well, there's another David Tennant, Dr. Tenth Doctor out there that I've not seen. So I didn't watch the two-parter, and I did not watch it until the week before airing of her return spoilers in Series 5 because I said, oh, well, if she's returning, I need to find out who this character is that was returning. And then to know that I've got a character returning who has a or an event that happens in this next episode, I was like, okay, this is really freaking cool. And that may have been why I'm so obsessed with her character was because I'm expecting something because I know she's coming up in a time of angels and then flip that to this and seeing what happens in this and go like, okay, how did this happen? So, Summary view, I love this episode. So are you so obsessed with this episode simply because of River? Uh, Is that? Yeah. Th- that's pretty much the <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It's not the story. It's just that no, she's in it. No. Brilliant, good story. I mean, no. but, 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 but story is good. Yes. And I agree with what you said, Clarence. Uh, I think that there are some Black Mirror, you know, this is like pre-Black Mirror, Black Mirror. But first, yeah, but but I but 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 I got to give River Song that's my obsession, not not the story, but but it's River, but the story is good on its own. You're not just a big fan of the Vashta Narada, no, (laughs) but I do want to talk about the Vashta Narada, and since you brought it up, uh, and Lee, I think you brought that up in the summary that you did. What did you guys think of Moffat once again? taking something that's ordinary and making us even more afraid of that ordinary something, something being, being afraid of the dark. And, and Lee, what do you think? I'll let you, why don't you go first? What did you think yeah, of that? This, this trope? is, this is probably, this is probably the ultimate, you know, that we, we've been, we, that over the years of the series has taught us to be afraid of blinking or of certain kinds of statues or of, um, water and all kinds of things, uh, graffiti. Um, so all kinds of mundane things that turn out to actually be malevolent Christmas. (laughs) Christmas will kill you. Uh, but this seems like this is, this is almost the unkindest of them all is that, uh, the doctor says everybody's, you know, got across the universe. Everybody's got this uh, elemental fear of the dark and it's not irrational. That's because there really are things in the dark that are going to get you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Pleasant dreams, everyone. Mm. What do you, what about you, Clarence? What do you think? Yeah, I just love the concept of, of this in enemy. Um, not only are they here on this planet, but they're on every planet. And, you know, um, yeah, they're on Earth, too, you know, as he told uh, Donna there. And I love the suspense of what it brought to the episode, uh, particularly when I forget the guy's name, but when he has the two shadows. I mean, that is just creepy. <laughs> so creepy. And I, I just think they're the way it was explained and shown in this show. Um, 
was just well done. Just well done. So I want to go back real quick for uh, anyone listening. You know, we've talked about in this story so far or in this review so far that you had this sequence playing out in this little girl's head. And it even starts with the opening, the pre-intro scene. You've got the young girl she's speaking to, her father and a gentleman who's referenced as Dr. Moon. She closes her eyes and the things that she's describing, we're seeing this library that's floating on forever and ever. And then seemingly in her mind, here are the doctor and Donna inside this big library. Close your eyes and tell me what you see. The library. Open your eyes again. Where are you now? My living room, Dr. Moon. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. What's wrong? Something's here. Someone's got in. No one's supposed to get in. She's never mentioned anyone else. She's always been alone. Someone's in my library. No, no, please, let's roll out. Let's roll out. Listen to me. The library is in your mind. I know it's in my mind. Hello. Sorry to burst in on you like this. Okay, if we stop here for a bit. So my question then becomes, at this point in the story, do you think that this is in her head? Or are you still in the mindset of, I'm not sure what's going on? Or are we still in the mindset of something else is going on? Curious. The storytelling is is so elegant, and I admire this so much. The first thing we see is Dr. Moon's office, and it's very tangible and very real, and it feels familiar and comfortable. And we see her, and she tells what she sees when she closes her eyes. And when what she sees is something utterly fantastical. So we know which world is real and which world isn't, right? But then, inside her imaginary world, we get the Doctor and Donna. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something's wrong Uh, here. (laughs) Yeah. So, wait a minute. (laughs) And and I just think that's beautiful. And then, in the course of the story, we'll see that same moment played out again, and we'll get it from the Doctor and Donna's point of view, and we'll see that what they're talking to is a mechanical contrivance of some kind. Yeah. Man. So... But we still don't know exactly what it is. Mm. Is it a microphone? Is it a camera? Is that her? Is it, you know? Uh, oh, and the, the the whole ghosting idea, the thing about the uh, the translator chip on their spacesuits, um, that's a, a neural link. And the idea is that even after you're dead, there's still a degree to which you're arguably still alive inside the, the circuitry of the translator. Yeah. It's a, yeah, that, that's a, that's a million dollar idea that, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And this, yeah, this episode's got them all. (laughs) It's just, it's an amazing hour of television. So let's talk for a minute, if you will indulge me for a moment, in talking about the characters that we meet, Mr. Lux, Anita, Miss Evangelista, Other Dave, and Proper Dave. What did you guys think? And Clarence, I'll shoot this one to you first. Mr. Lux, what was your impression or your initial thoughts about this guy? 
Uh, isn't Mr. Lux the one whose family owns the library? Yes. Oh, man, what a... Which is the whole planet. What a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I mean, he he's playing the role of every rich person, and not just the best rich people, but self-entitled, you know. Um, and even though we see that there's obviously something pretty bad going on here, um, and all this entitlement, he can't look past what's going on. He's still there to to make a book. <laughs> and, you know, I, he, he played his role. I thought it was good. But, you know, after a while, he got pretty annoying. So, uh, and he treat the way he treated uh, his assistant was, which I forget her name. Miss Evangelista. Uh, yeah. But everybody pretty much treated her bad other than Donna. Yeah. So I can't really blame him for that. But, but yeah, he just annoying. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty annoying. All right. Lee, what did you think? I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who has the, uh, the Dalek in Dalek. What's, what's his name? The American guy. Um, oh, yes. Yes. And, and, and the sixth episode of episode of series one where they literally called Dalek, right? Exactly. And I can't remember his name now, but, um, yeah, uh, the, the series loves and, and always has, I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, in the classic series, there's always this guy. Yeah. Um, so the show has always had a dim view of the self entitled rich who can't see, uh, past their own nose, can't see anything else and re- certainly don't care about anybody else. So you get, you get Max Capricorn also. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy's just another one of those. So it's easy to forget about Lux by that. Mm, okay. This is a show in which the dark will kill you. And I love the uh, the little writer joke of literally naming him Light. So he's <laughs> his Lux is light. So he he's he's supposed to be the light. <laughs> <laughs> he's not particularly. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and no. plus he, he serves as a comedic foil between Catherine Tate and David Tennant. With the whole scene of here's your contracts you need to sign, you know, <laughs> get t- giving over your intellectual property and they. Yep. yep. Together. It's together. Not one of them takes a cue off the other. They just both respond the same way. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It wasn't River like you put your helmet back on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they just don't like you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. he basically asks why, you know, why me? And she and, and she looks at him and says, because I don't fancy you. <laughs> what did you guys think you know Clarence you miss I mean you mentioned Miss Evangelista what did you guys think of how the others treated her and the comparison to that of how Donna reacted to her and Clarence why don't you take that one first okay my initial impression of her and Donna is that and I'm thinking back to our first appearance of Donna <laughs> maybe Donna saw a little of herself in her yes uh maybe just a speck a speck but not you know just a little bit but you know as far as how other people was treated were treating her it on the face of it it does seem very unacceptable acceptable which still even if she is a complete idiot it still is pretty unacceptable how they were treating her but uh, she's not the the sharpest tool in, in in the box so i mean should they have treated her differently no but uh, they made the writers, the showrunners, made her overly dense and didn't really give her any redeeming qualities, which made it hard for me to, to justify them treating her differently. But she's human and she should be treated with some dignity and class. And they were obviously treating her wrong. 
But again, the showrunners could have gave her a little bit of re- redemption as far as her character. Um, so that's that's kind of my take on her. All right, Lee, what about you? I had completely forgotten about Evangelista, and so she became one of the things about the episode I found most interesting. She she is, um, and I had the same thought that Donna has got to look at her and see the way other people treat her, and she and 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 think, yeah, I've been on the other side of this. I've, yeah. People have talked to me like that before when I actually did know what they were talking. They're, they're talking down to me. Um, and I, I, I've known a number of young women who have been told their whole lives that they're not very smart. And after a while, it becomes the narrative they tell themselves. And and, and so I, I, that's what I thought of, that somebody like Lux wouldn't hire a complete imbecile to, to be his, his right hand. That just doesn't make any sense. But mm. somebody who... Who will not argue back when you when you call her a moron? That he would do. He would hire somebody who thinks she's stupid. Yeah, and and, and kind of presents herself that way. But you know, I think I think Donna is very perceptive. She's, she she knows this is something that happens to people. If people tell you you're dumb enough, you really start to believe it. Mm. So yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. And, and, and I, I was going to say I very much wish they would have would have played it as. You know, she's the beautiful girl and they just think she's dumb. Yeah. But yeah. but they went the extra step to make the example about in the ship and her getting lost. So they tried to make us feel also like she really was dumb. So I really didn't yeah. know how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they they almost do. I think they do what they did because of something that they will do in the upcoming episode. But that being said. I agree that there was no redeeming intellect per se. And I, I think it would have played a lot better if it would have been solely that it was a, an assumption that she was beautiful, that she was pretty, that she was eye candy or whatever, that that was all she was. And that's all they saw her as. And the tragedy being she was so much more than that. I don't think that they played that angle, obviously, but I think that would have been more impactful if they would have done that angle. Maybe so. Yeah. Mm. Because, but in any case, what I think is brilliant about this is that they allow the other characters to laugh at her and to, to treat her as being less than human. And then this heartbreaking thing happens to her. Yeah. And, you know, her, her expiring breath is to reach out to the only person who's ever been nice to her. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, the fact that we've got her going off on her own, the the wall opens up and she is saying, Hey, I think this is important. And, (laughs) and, and they totally ignore her. I mean, right. And she's right. And she's right. Exactly. And she tr- keeps saying, you know, I think this is important, you know, and not, not right now, Miss Evangelista. But, and then it comes to Donna to basically, for all intents and purposes, hold this person's virtual hand as they pass on to the next, whatever comes next. Clarence, what did you think of Donna's reaction and how she handled that scene? Hmm. I mean, of course, she was very heartbroken, as seemingly most of the people there kind of 
at least they acted like they were heartbroken. I don't know if they truly were, but Adana made a connection, as as we mentioned before, on a different level than the rest of these guys. And um, and the tragedy of what's actually going on. I mean, this goes to this echo that even though the body is completely gone, it still has some sense of, of uh, consciousness and it's talking to them. It's, that's just sad in itself <laughs> and heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I thought just the the concept itself of knowing that you are being asked for, meaning, you know, where's the nice lady? Let me talk to the nice lady. And regardless of whether this is a quote unquote ghosting of a digital mental imprint, it's still that person that you were speaking with and it is still that person responding and I don't know. I just got chills when it gets to the point to where she's repeating the same sentence over and over and over and over. And Donna's thinking, I think as anybody would, that, oh, well, you know, she didn't hear what I said. And then, you know, the doctor finally has to say no, you know, or maybe it was River that said, you know, the signal's degrading. That yeah. that, that was just deep, I think. Agreed. So Does it seems to you that Donna is in this season that part of her function is to be the compassionate one. I, I'm thinking about um, at Pompeii that she's she's the doctor says you know this is a fixed point in time I can't change. She says that doesn't mean you can't help somebody. Yeah, she 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 wants to make sure that the child gets to her gets to the gets to their mother and things like that. I'm, I'm trying now to think of other examples. Oh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect one. If that was how um, and. The 12th doctor referred to Clara, and I think it was in the episode into the Dalek where he said, she's my carer or my caregiver or one one or the other. And so I don't have to bingo. Exactly. She cares. So I don't have to. The way Donna's being used in this season, though, do you think that this is sort of. Yeah, I think she's she's I mean, I'm not saying that the 10th doctor doesn't care, but but I think she kind of does what she said at the end of, you know, Runaway Bride when she, you know, didn't go with him was telling him, you need to find somebody to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just thinking that that look on her face while she was talking to uh, Evangelista's ghost, it reminded me of her looking at the doctor was the doctor is killing the uh, um, the uh, spider queen um, and all of her babies. Uh, that's enough. Mm. They're they're dead. Okay, you know. Yeah, that's that's who she is, and uh, and that's interesting. That's really, it's not who we might have thought she was going to be as a complete. So she is the, the like the good angel on his shoulder. <laughs> that that seems like a good omens reference. Now that I said that, anyway. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of the mystery? That was going on. And what I'm referring to as the mystery is they get to the library and it's registering a million, million life forms, but yeah. yet there are no people there. And on the flip of that, there is this message that says that, you know, no survivors and 4,022 saved. What did you guys think of this? Not, it's not a who done it, but trying to puzzle piece things together. What were your thoughts on that? 
Hmm. I guess my what watching this time of it is kind of color of what I know of what happens next. Um, so this time around, okay, it was kind of hard for me to try to forget all that, but I do think it presents a good mystery, um, saved and lost at the same time. Does that sound right? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, I think it goes back to the good setup that we get early on, on why this plant, this library planet is empty, you know, and it just leads to a good setup. And I think it also aids into the visual we have, visual we have of the girl slash drone at the beginning of the episode as well. Interesting. Interesting. What about you, Lee? What do you think? Yep. 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 Clarence said it very well for me. <laughs> yep. That's it. All right. Um, and cool. I, I, it's funny that very often uh, in a mystery, I want to try to get ahead of it and try to puzzle it out. But I, but I get to the end of this and I just go, I got nothing. <laughs> I got to, yeah. you know, tune in next week because I have no idea what the heck is going on here. Uh, but I can't wait. So, uh, mm. so I've purposely, well, I want to mention, I want to mention one other thing that I thought was really, really cool is we find out that the, Sonic screwdriver, believe it or not, has a weakness to wood, but not unlike Donna's foot that can knock yeah. in the door. I just <laughs> thought that was cool. So let's, let's talk about the arrival. And what I mean by the arrival is we see a, an impossible astronaut walk in in a, you know, astronaut suit. And the visor goes up, and hello, sweetie. Reminder, the library has been breached. Others are coming. Hello, sweetie. Get out. Doctor. All of you, turn around, get back in your rocket and fly away. Tell your grandchildren you came to the library and lived. They won't believe you. Pop your helmets, everyone. We got breathers. How do you know they're not androids? Because I've dated androids. They're rubbish. Who is this? You said we were the only expedition. I paid for exclusives. I lied. I'm always lying. Bound to be others. Miss Evangelista, I want to see the contracts. You came through the North Pole, yeah? How was that much damage? Please just leave. I'm asking you seriously and properly. Just leave. Hang on. Did you say expedition? My expedition. I funded it. Oh, you're not, are you? Tell me you're not archaeologists. Got a problem with archaeologists? I'm a time traveller. I point and laugh at archaeologists. Ah. Professor Riversong. Archaeologists. Riversong. Lovely name. As you're leaving, and you're leaving now, you need to set up a quarantine beacon. Cobalt the planet. The whole planet. Nobody comes here. Not ever again. Not one living thing. Not here, not ever. Stop right there! What's your name? Anita. Anita. Stay out of the shadows. Not a foot, not a finger in the shadows till you're safely back in your ship. Goes for all of you. Stay in the light. Find a nice bright spot and just stand. If you understand me, look very, very scared. First impressions of River Song. What did, what were your first impressions of Professor River Song? Either one of you, take it away. I remember just being very taken by her, her sort of, um, uh, cheeky jauntiness or jaunty cheekiness. Which, <laughs> that she's there with, uh, with this guy who owns the whole damn planet and she clearly doesn't care. And I, I love that. 
You know, I, I, I'm already rooting for her and I don't know anything about her. And just somebody who would greet the doctor. Hello, sweetie. We have to assume she doesn't know who he is. So we guess she does that to everybody. You know, that's fun. OK, I, I like her onward. And then, of course, the mystery deepens. And that's fascinating. Mm. All right, Clarence, what about you? I think what I loved about that, the meeting of River and the Doctor the most is that it, it, for somebody to have the Doctor on his toes to be like, what is going mm-hmm. on? I think it's just a wonderful concept. And <laughs> throughout this episode, he is like, what in the world is going on? And obviously, as we see them spend more and more time together, we see where she's alluding that they had some type of relationship and she is running things like she is a doctor, you know, <laughs> she is, is running this mission with him. Like she knows what the heck is going on. And I just, you know, uh, I love that presentation of her being um, basically we had two doctors in this episode. If you want to kind of break it down, we had kind of two doctors and River was one of them. So yeah, I just thought the whole playfulness between them two and the mystery of, of of what we'll find out in many episodes late, uh, later, uh, and even I think at the end of the next one of, of who they are um, is just just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. What about you, man? All right. So I remember, you know, again knowing that she was coming back, but knowing nothing about her, there was something about the way Alex Kingston portrayed the role, the cheekiness of it, the I. I have one up on the the doctor and especially this version of the doctor. And mm. it didn't come across as abrasive. It came across flirtatious, but, but yet at the same time with authority, you know, she was, she, she was someone, she played to me the role so well, even in that first introduction, you know, this first episode that she played it in a way that it felt like, this is somebody she she really I, I wow I'm, I can't I'm 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 totally at loss of words or I can't get my words out. She's she's totally conveying the concept of this is someone that I have known for a very long time and I'm acting like this person that doesn't know me should know me and and it was very convincing to me and beautifully done. So that's. Um, and, and the whole con, you know, the whole interaction with him and her at the very beginning where, um, you know, like he, he goes and he says, please just leave. I'm asking you seriously and properly, just leave. And then he looks and says, hang on. Did you say expedition? And then, you know, Lux says something and she, he, he was like, Oh, you're not archaeologist. Tell me you're not archaeologist. And she <laughs> responds, got a problem with archaeologist? Yeah. And who are you? <laughs> Professor Richard <laughs> Song, archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they do so many things throughout the episode to aid in that mystery. Um, not only with the words she speaks, but the sonic that she has, as well as the sonic gun, um, a la Jack Harkness. So it's a squareness <laughs> gun like Jack. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, not only the script, but the little things that that we see her do um, aid in us believing that she may have this one up, this mystery on the doctor that we want to know more about. All right. So we get, you know, we obviously know that people are dying. We obviously know that the Vashti Narada are flesh eating 
what parasites or whatever the case of whatever they are, they're they're flesh eating darkness, and we know that they're turning out the lights. Hence, who turned out the lights, etc. and so forth. Uh, what did you guys think of the concept of the librarians or the help nodes or whatever that you want to call them having the human face? Did you guys find that at all creepy? There's nothing about it that isn't creepy. <laughs> and it, it's so weird in such a conventional place as a library, you know, which is something that we've had more or less unchanged and more or less the same all over our world, you know, for, you know, 3000 years. Uh, and then there's this, and I, it's something about the episode that I don't like, and I can't quite put my finger on it any better than that. It's just like, what, why would it, why would it be like that? What? And, and I have, I haven't gone ahead and watched, um, uh, um, what's the next one called <laughs> the forest uh, of the dead, forest of, forest of the dead. I wanted to make a silence in the forest. Are are are, are better known as the introduction of River Part Two, right? Um, yeah, and and a river runs through it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I, since I haven't. I, I I don't remember if we get a better explanation about the 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 information points. But I I just why other than to be horrifying? And I and I don't. Everything else in this that's horrifying has a kind of an internal logic to it. And it feels like this is just weird. For the sake of being weird, and I don't, I don't, I find that disappointing. If that makes sense, mm. very, very valid, very valid. Clarence, so, what about you? Do Do we know if those faces are reconstructed digitally somehow? Because I remember them talking about it, but I can't remember what they said exactly. Because if they actually says it's skin, she says that's really that person's face, and the doctor yes. changes the subject. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, how come the the vast Narada don't try to eat those too or get them too? I don't. If it's a very good question. Yeah. Why don't they all have a big oval hole in the middle of them? <laughs> mm. Maybe maybe the face only appears when the uh, thing is activated. Because, it, you know, they made the reference that they chose a face that Donna would feel supposedly yeah. comfortable with. So maybe yeah. it's the, some kind of silicone sand that changes. Uh, because as at the end, the doctor sees a face that he's comfortable with, which is... You know, the uh, joke that I have been going leading up this whole season with Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble's left the library. Bingo, here's her face. Yeah, you played the long game on that one. Thank you, sir. I had fun <laughs> with it. Absolutely had fun with it. <laughs> oh, I had fun with it. I should have said I should have alternated with who turned out the lights. But yeah. uh, I like Donna Noble has been saved a lot better. So, um Kyle, I was sharing with you this week. I, I wanted to mention it on the show. I, I wonder how many other people had the same experience that I had. That I, I've always said that my son was the perfect age for this show because uh, he was born in 1996. So by the time the new series started, he was nine. You know, and when when this episode aired, uh, we, we still had kind of a, a bedtime tradition. Sometimes we'd read together, or we'd just sit in sit in his bedroom and talk. But then I'd get up and turn out the lights. And so for a long time, this was the ritual in our family. This is the last things that he and I would say to each other every day. I would turn out the light and walk out and I could hear his little voice in the room saying, hey, who turned out the lights? Hmm. <laughs> and, and I wonder how many other parents had that, you know, that can't have just been us. You know, that 
that that that must be that must be a bond of of Whovians, you know, of a certain age all over the world. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to prove what you just said as a hundred percent correct. And let me tell Excellent. you how. I posted on Facebook about 30 minutes before we started recording. I put a just a regular status message. It was just on my personal Facebook page. And I said, can't wait to record our Discussing Who review of Silence in the Library tonight. After 160 plus episodes, we finally reached Silence in the Library. And our friend Jeff Franklin uh, made a comment. And it says, hey, who turned out the lights? (laughs) <laughs> which is not exactly the same thing but yeah yeah and then that's uh, what he thought of just honorable mention uh well no not honorable mention considering what he said our friend ian williams also comments and saying shh spoilers so, <laughs> exactly kudos to you <laughs> both before we get into our favorite scene and favorite quote curious do any of you have any other comments or topics or points of the episode that you would like to mention? Well, I feel like the elephant in the room is that Kyle is such a colossal River Song fan. And uh, I I think maybe this is the, the episode, maybe this is the time where we get to ask why. I don't disagree with you. I just tell us about that. What is it about about River Song? There's so many fascinating characters in the in the Doctor Who canon but why river song okay so for me river okay so for every other character that i have ever seen the doctor interact with the doctor has the upper hand i love sarah jane smith to the end of time itself but the doctor as great as sarah was there was still the doctor in some shape form or fashion had the upper hand. Even with Romana, the doctor had, you know, with other Time Lords, the doctor had in some way, uh, you know, an upper hand. And, and I don't mean that in a sense of he was better or the doctor was better than they were. But here comes along this character that A, the doctor does not even know yet. And B, whoever this character may be, existed with a mystery at the beginning, we didn't know who she was. Was she Ramana? Was she his wife from long ago that he has regenerated? Who, you know, who was she? Was she the Ronnie who had regenerated and turned good for some reason? What, who might she possibly be? I loved that mystery. And then having Alex Kingston presented in a way that was so believable. And on top of that, you have a character that, and and I give Stephen Moffat credit for this, you have a character when they're introduced to the audience, that's the end of that character's supposed run. You meet that character at the end, and you see the character's other appearances tell the story even though you know how it ends i just find that so freaking amazing and my brain just latched on to it so i don't know if i answered your question but that kind of for me is why i'm i guess obsessed with appearances of river song 
Oh, I think that was a, a, an eloquent essay on the subject. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you answered that beautifully. Well, thank and, you. It, and it, con- it confirms my suspicions. I guess I've always thought that's what it was. Um, and and in, a, in a medium where, um, until recently, there had been so few um, really um, strong and positive female characters like this in science fiction, to get this, this woman who is, as you say, keeping up with the doctor... Um, it's just, it's just electrifying. It's just, it's just, it's just wonderful. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I've always felt very much the same way. It's that wonderful, cool confidence. I mean, she is nothing if not cool. Uh, you just, you just can't shake her. You can't rattle her. And I, I love I, this is jumping way, way ahead, you know, and I apologize for the spoilers, but there's a moment where she is facing down armed Nazis. She's facing the Gestapo and she makes smart remarks to them. And I just, <laughs> that's that. There she is. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> and, and, and at that point, that character had not officially transitioned into being river song. That's that right. She's not really river at that moment. Yeah. But, 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 but again, she that's, is- goes to the character and the actress that there's just something about her that is just infectious slash uh, magnetic is the best. That's right. Even better. And for everyone who thinks the actress is sexy, I'll recommend the, uh, the television film of the amorous adventures of Maul Flanders. So I just thought I'd put anyway. So, so Clarence, what about you? What did, you know, you, you've had to listen to me for years (laughs) Uh, talk about River, because I honestly can remember when you were telling me, I think, and I I hope I'm remembering this correctly, when it was hard at first for you, as it is for a lot of people, to grasp that first season of Doctor Who and get over the, you know, initial bad graphics and special effects. I think I remember saying, just wait till you meet River. And was no, was River? I think you say uh, wait till you get to David Tennant. Uh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, that's true too. But but I know whenever you got to River, I was probably like, oh, spoilers and all that stuff. So, what has been your experience with River? And I'm going to ask this to you, Lee, as well. Did you enjoy River's overall arc as a character? Uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed the the I guess the science fiction nature of her arc and how it's going backwards in the doctor's time. I'm, that in itself is very appealing and it will make you want to dig in and find out more about who she is. Now her as a character, I mean, I think Alex Kingston is cool. Uh, I'm nothing against her, but she's just not my favorite personal doctor who, and I've never really felt the joy that you felt uh, for the character, but I do love the, significance of her story in the world of who and, and who she is to the doctor and how her story plays out. I thought it's just like a f- fantastic idea, but as far as just, her, uh, the character herself, it never really just grabbed me. And I don't really know why. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. But what about you, Lee? What about you in regards to her overall arc? Were you satisfied? Yes. Uh, ultimately. Yes. And, uh, and I guess my version is is different from Clarence's in that I really got invested in her from the beginning, from right here in uh, Silence in the Library. I was just fascinated, and I was always delighted when she turned back up again. 
But by about the time of um, and the reluctant, uh, you know, the impossible astronaut and things like that, I was getting tired of her. I felt that. <laughs> An audible gasp. You <laughs> really sort of worn it out. And I, uh, and, and that made me sad because I thought, oh, overexposure. We, 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 she, she was, she was such a precious thing that if you, if you did it too much, it loses its magic. But was I satisfied with the whole arc? I think about, when I think about her, I think about how her story with the doctor ends. And I got a smile because that's one of the most beautifully written scenes in all of Who. And I just, I just love it. Okay. And I don't want to talk about you, it because it's a giant spoiler for way, way down the line. Yeah. But I love it so much. I was going to say how it ends for the doctor is for her. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. it makes a difference. In the they, they know, you know, once they start comparing notes, they know that there will be a last day they spend together. Yes. The yeah. last night they spend together. Yes. Well, well, let me let me ask you guys, like, what do you think about her significance when it comes to characters that we haven't seen yet? And I won't really give spoilers as to who it is, but oh. it, it, do we think that's too ham-fisted of how they made her be identical to those characters? Yeah. Or was that thought, thought of from the beginning? I mean, I, I don't really know the answer there. But. I think it was – I think th- this was a – I think this was an example perhaps – of the egg coming before the chicken. And I think that the character of River Song inspired other characters that came later. And I, and I say that because I'm surprised in the long game, if you take certain names and you, you know, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey them and whatever, that it was kind of, there all along, it was kind of like staring us in our face, so to speak. You, when you look at certain names, I, I, I find that quite interesting. I will say that that was my only negative and sort of kind of negative. If they had not have played it as well as they did, I was not at first happy with the, with the revelation that they gave us. But I ended up being happy and okay with it in the long narrative of the story. So what about you, Lee? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, that, that was pretty much my response, too. That I remember going through phases of, uh, maybe we should save this for when we get there. But yeah, just <laughs> of going, oh, that is brilliant. Wow, that feels really tacked on. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but it is brilliant. I have to admit that that's a yeah. great, uh, but... Uh huh. I don't know. Uh, but then you know, it really started to grow on me, and I thought, oh, I love this. Yeah. So yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, I will say this without us Not getting her, any, yeah, without giving any spoilers. I will say this, she, Alex Kingston. I have seen an interview that she gave, and she was given her identity well in advance, if not in this episode and i don't think it was this episode i think it was the first time she returned she was told this is who you are but you can't tell anyone so that maybe helped her act out her scenes because she knew all along who river song was that's amazing interesting just, just think about from the showrunner point of view when we're making silence in the library eh, well yeah 
we don't know who the next showrunner is going to be. We don't know how long David Tennant's going to be with the series. We don't. We certainly don't know who's going to be cast next as the Doctor. We nobody has made the decision yet about whether or not the Doctor's going to have one companion or two. You know, is it going to be a, a husband and wife team? You know, none of those decisions made at this point. So you you can't possibly <laughs> have all of this planned out. There's just there's just no way your plans would get changed by other forces. You know, mm. but. But by the time uh, Moffat becomes the showrunner, yeah, yeah, which which I think is about the time you're talking about, and he can sit down and say, you know, what would be great is spoilers. <laughs> so spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, so. And, and let, let me just add before we go on is like I love the mystery of this, and I think that's something that maybe wore thin on us previously, but. I think it is. It'll be great if we have something like that now in the current seasons. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. See. Yeah. See. They even you know they gave us that that little hint in ser- series eleven where they talk about the night not the nightmare child but they talked about the some kind of the lonely child or the forgotten child or some some kind of something and that was in right. the second episode and they never followed back up on it and. You, you needed that mystery in, in series 11. I think that would have helped the stories, even if you didn't revolve it. I mean, no, revolve it, resolve it. I think it would have still worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at mm-hmm. with, well, you know, I know we're kind of diverging here, but look at the crack in the wall. And that was, you know, from Matt Smith's first to Matt Smith's last episode, the crack in the wall. Yeah. You know. But back to River Song and Silence in the Library. Anything else before we get into our favorite scene? All right. So, Clarence, why don't you take this one first? Favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? Uh, My favorite scene we've already mentioned, and that is from the beginning where we see the girl having the dream and she sees the doctor and uh, Donna appear in her dream. But lo and behold, about a few scenes later, after the credits roll, we see that it's nothing but this floating little drone thing. And I I thought to myself, how sad. (laughs) How sad. Indeed. All right. Also, what? (laughs) (laughs) Salih, what about you? It, it may seem like an odd thing to have as a favorite because it's so uh, terribly, tragically uh, heartbreaking. But I just it's just so powerful that I have to say that I love it. And that is uh, the death of the Evangelista and, mm. and, and Donna being the one, as you say, to, to hold her hand. Uh, it's such an amazing, amazing piece of acting all around from everybody in the room. It's And, and tremendous writing. It's just a, it's a glorious, glorious scene. Okay. How about you? All right. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. Silence in the library. <laughs> there we uh, go. <laughs> Ripper lifts her visor and says, hello, sweetie. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just kind of being funny. I was saying oh, the oh, entire episode. The whole episode. Yes, yeah. I see, yes. But, 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 but if I did have to pull out a favorite scene uh, of the entire episode, it will be when the doctor and River are talking to each other. She's assuming that he is pretending not to know who she is. And then she pulls out the blue diary that we, you know, come to know so well. And then she says, oh, shall we do do diaries then? Where are we this time? Going by your face, I would say it's early days for you. And then she says something about um, Crash of the Byzantium. Have we done that yet? 
Obviously, they're ringing no bells. What about Picnic of Asgard? Have we done Asgard yet? Obviously not. And then she goes on and mentions other things before she says, Doctor, please tell me you know who I am. <clears throat> Thanks. For what? The usual, for coming when I call. Oh, that was you. You're doing a very good job acting like you don't know me. I'm assuming there's reason. Oh, fairly good one, I think. Okay. Should we do diaries, then? Where are we this time? Uh, going by your face, I'd say it's early days for you, yeah? So, um... Crash of the Byzantium. Have we done that yet? Obviously ringing no bells. Right, um... Oh, picnic at Asgard. Have we done Asgard yet? Obviously not. Blimey, very early days then. Ooh, life of the time traveller. Never knew it could be such hard work. Um... Look at you. <gasps> You're young. I'm really not, you know. No, but you are. Your eyes. You're younger than I've ever seen you. You've seen me before, then. Doctor, please tell me you know who I am. Who are you? I love that scene, and this is another reason why I love River. We see a map of River Song's stories presented in this episode and the next episode, because the Time of Angels... Uh, when she returns in series uh, five is at the crash of the Byzantium. That is the yep. ship that crashed. And, you know, they make reference later on in a, um, it was a web short that they did called, I don't remember exactly what the name of the web clip was, but it is about him taking her to the picnic of Asgard. So, and there will be other things that she will refer to in the next one. So seeing all of this stuff in 2008, just at the time, just be random total lines that somebody said. And then over the course of from now all the way back to 2008, we see the crash of the Byzantium. We see the singing towers of delirium, you know, so. That's my favorite scene. So favorite quote, and I'll start this one off. Favorite quote at the very beginning, the first time we hear, hello, sweetie. That's my favorite quote. Lee, what about you? I love this little exchange as they're going through the library. The doctor says, uh, this must be biographies. I love biographies. Donna says, yeah, very you. Always in death at the end. <laughs> doctor says, oh, you need a good death. Without death, there'd only be comedies. Death gives us size. Hmm. I love that. All right. Yeah, I thought I always and, thought it and, funny. But he, also, he, look who's talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's what <laughs> right. I was thinking. I'm yeah. like, you, how can you even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I live forever. Exactly. <laughs> I'm an exception, of course. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Clarence, what about you? Uh, this is easy. Uh, one million, one million, which I thought to myself, why didn't they just say a trillion? But. Uh, one million, one million, I guess, is was funnier at the time. So we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So final ratings, gentlemen. 
what would you give on a scale of one to one million, one million? What would you <laughs> give this episode? Um, I gives it a billion. Uh, what, what about okay, Lee? What about you? I give this one five out of five. There's huh. just nothing to not like about this. The, the the host things in the library are creepy and weird, but I, I, at this point, I'm still trusting we're going to get a good explanation for them in the next episode. Okay. And that's my only negative about it. it's just it's 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 a it's a it's a masterful without yes. the master yeah. and, and or missing. All right, Clarence Brown, what say ye? Hmm. Wow. You know, I initially thought in my head a four point six, but as Lee just said, it's hard to find anything negative. I have to admit, I don't. I can't find anything negative in the episode as uh, unless this are really pick. So I'm going to have to go with five too. Okay. Five as well. Awesome. So I'm going to give this one million, one million out of five <laughs> because this has Alex Kingston's first appearance as River Song. I mean, you know, that's sort of like, why did I even, you know, waste the listener's time of giving a rating. Everybody knows what I'm going to give this. It's going to be the highest thing I can give it because it gives me my favorite character minus the doctor. So, uh, yeah, I'm totally, totally freaking happy with this episode. And I'm so happy that we finally got here. I have been ever since we started with Rose, I've been waiting for this day. So, but I thought Missy was your favorite character. Mm, no, she's good, but she is no she is no river. I mean, nice. yeah. I mean, I am saying I said she's good, but she yeah. is not River Song. I would enjoy seeing a meetup of River and um, Missy. I think that would be freaking awesome. You travel with him, don't you? The Doctor. You travel with him. What of it, Proper Dave? Could you move over a bit? Why? I was up at the water cooler, right? You know him, don't you? Oh, God, do I know that man. We go way back, that man and me. Just not this far back. I'm sorry, what? He hasn't met me yet. I sent him a message, but it went wrong. It arrived too early. Uh, this is the doctor in the days before he knew me. And he looks at me. He looks right through me and it shouldn't kill me, but it does. What are you talking about? Are you just talking rubbish? Do you know him or don't you? Donna! Quiet. I'm working. Sorry. Donna. You're Donna. Donna Noble. Yeah. Why? I do know the doctor. But in the future. His personal future. So why don't you know me? Where am I in the future? So, gentlemen, before we wrap up, question becomes to you. If you could be found somewhere else on the Internet or in the library or wherever it may be, where might that be? And Clarence, why don't you take this first? Uh, yeah, I'll say check, uh, check us out at DiscussingTrek.com where we are going to be talking about coming up pretty soon here. Uh, the Star Trek Universal panels that happened at San Diego Comic-Con this past week. So if you want to get a, get caught up on all of the Trek happenings there, definitely check us out. And we also talk about a very good Next Generation episode called Conspiracy. So, yeah, check us out at DiscussingTrek.com. 
Sweet. All right, Lee Shackelford, what about you? That Comic-Con stuff included the trailer for Picard. Which was awesome. So, Not as awesome as River Song, but awesome nonetheless. Right up there, you know. Um, Anyway, um, you know what I've been doing this week, guys? I have been barreling down towards the end of scripting the last episodes of Relativity. Yay. Or sad, but yay. River Song. Mm-hmm. I think I think people are really gonna like. It. I think they're, they're gonna feel their worth. And uh, so, all of which is to say, uh, look for me and for latest news on the developments of this uh, series that we're in pre-production on at relativitypodcast.com. Why did I see this mental image of like this newscast video of breaking news? This just in <laughs> from Lee Shackelford at Relativity. Right. I well, cool. I can't remember what what the product was, but there was some TV commercial where that had a web address, and it used to have a chorus, uh, like five or six women who would sing dot com at the end <laughs> of their web address, and I always uh, want to do that. Oh, anyway. oh, 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 that sounds yeah. so familiar. Yeah, dot yeah. com. But somebody's gonna somebody's gonna call in and say, "Hey, Kyle is way too excited about River Song," and they're gonna tell us what that. <laughs> product or service it was that where they where they, where they sang the dot com dot com that sponsor yeah maybe so <laughs> that's right yeah but we do know uh, one thing for sure that the only water in the forest is the river yeah yeah uh, okay <laughs> okay spoilers okay so <laughs> for anyone who wants to listen to um my other ramblings you can also find clarence and i and lee along with other voices on discussing comics and that can be found at discussingcomics.com and we also invite you back for episode number 163 and all of our episodes for that matter but of course we will be following up with forest of the dead right after this thank you gentlemen Clarence, Lee, for indulging me for the past hour. This has been so much fun. This is the highlight of my week. And I have had so much fun. You guys have indulged me. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, we will be back next time. Now, listen. This is important. There's the real world. And there's the world of nightmares. That's right, isn't it? You understand that? Yes, I know, Dr. Moon. What I want you to remember is this, and I know it's hard. The real world is a lie, and your nightmares are real. The library is real. There are people trapped in there, people who need to be saved. The shadows are moving again. Those people depending on you. Only you can save them. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. 
you've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?